We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Fires downfield to Jamar Chase. He's got it. Wow. Takes it all the way. DJ Moore has a pass to the end zone. Jonathan Taylor. Touchdown. Pass is caught. Touchdown. Hello, and welcome back to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined, as always, by Sean Siegel. Sean, we're entering NFL Week 5. We're going to do a little bit of a preview to break down some of our thoughts on those contests, what maybe are some of the decision points. Obviously, we're recording this a couple of days out, so there's some injuries in that that may change why people listen to this if they're listening on Sunday morning. But this is going to be coming out a little bit earlier in the week for people to listen in. And to start off the show, the first point I want to mention is the recap show has been a hit with the listeners, but we are going to have it a little bit delayed this week. I've mentioned a few times heading over to London. I will be traveling back on Monday, but we'll be recording it and getting it out as early on Monday as possible probably going to come out in the afternoon maybe 3 4 p.m eastern time when it comes out but we'll drop it as soon as we can because we know people will be waiting on those recap thoughts so a little bit of a change and we appreciate you sticking with us while we delay it but it will be our normal time then each and every week following that but sean nfl week five is here we're excited for the contests coming up it should be a, a fun weekend of action yeah, week five, getting going, and we're going to go through a variety of the games today. I mentioned last week on the Final Ceiling Banana Show some of the cool tools that you can use over at Rotobiz to get yourself going. Obviously, we have the Strength of Schedule streaming tool that has been uh, one of the very favorites for users since the very birth of Rotobiz back when the fantasy douche put that together and the buy low report that is based on some of these schedule insights written by on upal it's been an excellent article this year make sure you check that out if you haven't but you can combine that with the matchup analysis tab on the player stats explorer tool you can look up so many detailed pieces of information on the players then look at how their matchup works out then you can jump over to the passing game matchup raider that dave caben has put together using all these advanced stats from sports info solutions looking at the wide receiver cornerback matchups and obviously tight ends other positions there in the passing game Colin, we have the chargers and the cleveland browns going this week cleveland looking so impressive in their thursday night victory and getting big games from amari cooper david and joku 
obviously all the running backs, but then they go out last week and really blow a game to the Atlanta Falcons when the Falcons couldn't pass the ball. That one, Cooper gets shut down, but Njoku continues to look good. Nick Chubb does his thing as he always does. I think a guy who is a fun play in this one in a variety of formats, and you think about different ways you can play this, the FFPC has their new weekly game out. Uh, when I was on Better Sports Network talking with Eric Baltman this week, that was one of the elements that we discuss and how fun that contest is. It's like the FFPC's playoff contest, but obviously in this particular context, you're dealing with the full slate of NFL teams as opposed to just the playoff teams. So a little bit different tactics there, but you still need to fill all the positions, can still only take one player per team. David Njoku, possibly the guy you might look to at tight end. He's been one of the real bright spots for Cleveland, and he has the top tight end matchup this week, according to the passing matchup Raider. The Chargers have been a little bit of a a tricky defense to get a read on. Certainly their game last week against the Houston Texans probably doesn't tell us much as the Texans, number one, don't have tight ends, and number two, aren't good overall. What are you thinking about this game? Who else are you excited to see? Will the Los Angeles Chargers bounce back and look like the full team that we think they can. They shut down Travis Kelsey. They gave the Chiefs some difficulty, but lost. Justin Herbert is dealing with these injuries. Last week, Austin Eckler breaks out and has a big game, but still doesn't really have the touch profile that we're looking for. He scores 16 fantasy points over expectation. We know that even for a player as good as Austin Eckler, that part is going to be a little bit unsustainable. How how are you seeing this game? What are you looking forward to seeing? I think this game is going to be, you mentioned in Joker, I think he could be a very interesting play in week five. I do think that the Chargers are going to be right back to where our expectations were coming in we've seen herbert have a couple of weeks working back from his injury and um you know even though last week wasn't a crazy game from him it's still 340 yards two touchdowns through the ball 39 times and they really do want to build this game through the air so i think eckler looked pretty good last week we have to say because the three touchdowns look good in the passing game gerald everett's looking good last week they didn't have keaton allen either so we did see more targets going the way of Mike Williams. We would like to see that continue here. And I think this is a game where we have seen, you mentioned the the Browns and you know how they've looked good in spots and Jacoby Reset has looked good in spots, but I think it's more in a game management situation. They're kind of playing to the opposition's level a lot of the time. You mentioned the loss as well to the Falcons. So this is one that I feel like, and I could be completely wrong come Sunday when we recap this, but I, I think the Chargers put up a lot of points in this and I think that the Browns will struggle in that comeback mode but I think that that could also be a little bit of an area where it could cause Nick Chubb to struggle to you know have his efficient running day because I think it's going to be a situation where they're going to have to pass the ball a lot do you think I'm overwritten one side of this game and underwritten the other side I think we're going to see the Chargers put up an explosive fantasy day and Maybe this is something that forces the Browns to also put up a pretty high-scoring fantasy day, but I feel like it could be and come from behind mode throughout this game. The Chargers have thrown up a lot of red flags so far, so we'll see what they do here. That game last week, they could have easily lost to the Houston Texans. The Texans had the ball down there. A touchdown allows them to go ahead late after the big lead. Really, ever since they played the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chargers have struggled and looked bad. 
Justin Herbert, does he get some of his weapons back? The Keenan Allen injury has given them some trouble in that it has thinned things out. It's been great for us. Gerald Everett has been a big part of the passing game. Now, Everett did have a somewhat egregious drop in the second half of the game last week. Wasn't that involved from a target perspective? After that, his touchdown early was fantastic. We'll see how this one goes. I think the Browns have a chance to hang in there, control the clock, keep this game down, maybe even spring the upset. Colin, as we move on to the next game and we talk about that Texans team, this obviously is a James Robinson game. Houston is the best running back matchup in the streamer. The Texans are number 32 in points against at the running back position in the last five games. They're bottom five in both expected points against and fantasy points over expectation against. This is the kind of thing that you get when you're constantly giving up long runs. And on the three touchdowns that Eckler scored last week, there was almost as little resistance as the Lions put up on those Rashad Penny touchdown runs. It's also, I think, a sneaky Travis Etienne play. This was a weird game where afterward, Doug Peterson talks about how they just didn't have enough touches. They weren't effective on offense. They weren't able to get these guys involved, but they did get Jamichael Hasty out there for a couple of receptions. The last thing that you're looking for, if you're playing either James Robinson or Travis Etienne, especially if you have a limited number of touches, use your guys. I, this continues to kind of boggle the mind where teams want to protect their players or get in some of these really peripheral types of plays, and they do so before they see how the game is going to turn out. You can't get to the end of the game and say, you know, we didn't use our running backs enough when you had other opportunities. But this is a game where James Robinson, again, has a chance to do what he's done for so much of the year, but also, I think, maybe the breakout spot for ETN. I think this is going to be a fascinating game. I've started to get very excited about some of these jaguars you know skill position players particularly trevor lawrence is somebody i've started to get quite enthusiastic about with how he has played week one was not nice but it has progressed as we've moved on he's just short of a thousand yards passing on the season at this particular point eight touchdowns two interceptions and i think that all things considered we're in a, a much better place than we were 12 months ago with this um jaguars passing attack team in general i think they're in a, a positive spot i kind of fancy them to to get the the win here as well um i don't know again how you feel about that i do think based on how i expect this game to go with them potentially going ahead getting that win i think both running backs are most certainly in play here robinson has looked good but has maybe not looked as efficient over the the last couple of weeks and i think that etn should be getting more involved here sean i thought at this point we would certainly be seeing him leading the backfield i think it's going to be very difficult for him to grasp a full hold on it as the season goes on just based on how good james robinson has looked we've talked in the past about you know what a good story he is coming in as a undrafted rookie has such a, a good start to his career and and then unfortunately gets the injury has come back worked his way back and is making explosive plays in the, the NFL again. But I think the pass catchers in this, and the, the player I've wanted to ask you for a couple of weeks, what your thoughts were is Christian Kirk. He is somebody who we talked about the contract he had got. He has been one of our guys when he came into the league with the Cardinals. We were always waiting for that breakout to fully realize itself. But so far this season, he has 20 receptions, 327 yards, three touchdowns. I think that it might be an overstatement but he has helped transform trevor lawrence a little bit here anyway 
the Jacksonville Jaguars may be starting to actually see that that contract might work out for them in, in a certain way. The other person, Zay Jones, getting pretty nicely involved in this passing attack. What's your thoughts? Am I too high on Trevor Lawrence as we move forward here? And then your thoughts on the pass catchers and Kirk and, and Zay Jones? Because we've we've talked about James Robinson and ETN quite a bit, but not really the, the pass catching options there. I think it's still up in the air. This wasn't a great game last week, but it's a rain game. They don't have Zay Jones. He is actually a big part of what they do. He's emerged as one of these guys who, not necessarily a, a mid to late career breakout per se, but someone who's become an elite role player, if you can put those terms together. And playing off of him or off of Christian Kirk, he and Marvin Jones are really a, a nice complementary set of pieces for this passing attack. So the Jaguars have taken a step forward and now we have to see what they can do when the expectations are a little bit higher and they're in this battle to win the AFC South. A little bit of a setback last week. Christian Kirk finally limited by this elite Eagles defense in the rain. He was one of a number of players who struggled catching the ball last week. That part, not a surprise. We look at where he is here and, and definitely not among the league leaders, but again, one of the few players who's had to deal with a rain game probably won't be as efficient from a touchdown perspective going forward. He's not the vertical threat that gives you the elite upside but with nine targets per game, the yardage that he's giving, the fact that he is the focal point of the offense, I think that he is a, a nice floor player, even if those touchdowns end up evaporating. This Jaguars offense has a little bit more talent than it looked like in the preseason. They still probably need a star player to elevate them, but Lawrence has looked good. If he can kind of bounce back from the disappointment in week four, that'll tell us a lot about whether this team in general and him specifically, whether these guys can take the next step. Commentators are taking the next step or taking in some ways that first step. We have both the Lions and the Patriots struggling at one and three. And yet at the same time, having put together some performances that I think actually surprised some people. The Lions to put up 45 points last week when they're missing most of their elite weapons. That was a huge statement game from Jerry Goff. He looks like now he could now be the quarterback of the present and the future for the Lions, a player who still in his 20s. I mean, he's got eight good years left if he can stay healthy and if he can actually do what he's been doing for the last several weeks on the other side of the ball. I think that Mac Jones's willingness to push the ball downfield and these sort of mini breakouts that we've gotten from players like a Jacoby Myers, who's taken the next step, Devontae Parker, who's played in some ways impressively when Myers has been out. You have Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar doing the types of things that those guys do, which is being, again, better than average role players, not impact players, but guys who can go out and make plays when that is required, which has been nice because the Patriots have gotten absolutely zero production from their tight ends in Hunter Henry and John New Smith. Still a question about who will play quarterback for the Patriots this week, at least as we're recording, but they do have multiple options who are intriguing, if not multiple quality options. But this game probably is going to boil down to the Patriots running against the Lions rush defense that was shredded last week by Rashad Penny. You look up in the streamer and the second match matchup, not surprisingly, after that Jacksonville-Houston matchup, 
is the Patriots running backs. And when we look at these guys, this has been a pie that was huge last year. One of the top teams in terms of total expected points to the running back position. There were questions about whether they'd be able to maintain that as they switched offenses, lose Josh McDaniels. They're terrible in the preseason, according to everybody who's watching the team in practice in terms of how they looked during the preseason games themselves. They come out and they're not very dynamic in week one, but things have really taken a turn for the better. This is a situation now where both of these guys in terms of Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson, probably two of the top talents in the league. They're combining for over nine receiving expected points a game. That's great for them. Combining for over 14 rushing expected points per game. Damian Harris outperforming his volume. Stevenson barely below so far, but not someone we necessarily expect to sit down there for very long. Harris was a guy who made the zero RB candidates countdown this season because the price shifted so dramatically on these players to where Stevenson was the more expensive and he was so expensive that he was going to have to hit in a huge way, similar to the issues for AJ Dillon and Tony Pollard, where you've actually got to really hit at those prices. We come in here and we look at where they are in the advanced stats. Both of them, again, just punching through the line like the defenders aren't there. Stevenson almost at five yards per carry. He's got a 23% evasion rate, 16% miss, forced missed tackles, which is pretty crazy even in a small sample here. Damian Harris up again above 4.5 yards per attempt. He's a, been a consistently high yards per attempt guy throughout his career. He's at 2.8 yards after contact. Again, just someone who always brings that to the table. Anytime you go out and you're going to have this split workload, you know that there's a danger that the touches in any individual game will evaporate. And then if you're splitting a pie, it becomes all the more difficult. But this looks like an even higher powered version, or at least a more balanced version of what we get with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt with the Browns. I really like both Harris and Stevenson this week. And Again, if you're thinking that Stevenson is going to be the guy who's rostered in more formats, if you're looking at the FFPC weekly contest and you think that Stevenson is probably going to end up on more total lineups, Damian Harris, somebody who continues to score rushing touchdowns, he gives you that potential for a three or even a four touchdown game. If you try and think of what are the matchups and what are the players where someone could come out and put up a touchdown total that really no other players in the league can compete with, at least in that given week, then Harris will probably be the guy you're looking at. Yeah, Harris is, uh, you touched on it today, he scores touchdowns. He is a touchdown scoring machine through his time in the NFL. There's obviously some injuries that will determine who you can play on the, mainly in this game, it's going to be on the the Lions side of things. You know, I'm on Ross and Brown. It seems like DeAndre Swift is going to be out in this. I think Bill Belichick... And, you know, it's obviously Bill Belichick's a great coach, but anytime he tries to stop you when you have, particularly when you're not at full strength, it's going to be a little bit tricky. We've seen that particularly in the first half last week against the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers and their offense seemed to figure that out a little bit more as the game went on. But I think that could be a real struggle here for Jared Goff. You're heading into Foxborough, so it's not going to be in the dome conditions where they're having the most success in terms of their passing offense. I think this is one where we could see them 
struggle a little bit and i do think that you mentioned both patriots running backs i think they are the key plays here you know if you have either of them in your roster i think you're starting them with a lot of confidence they are rushing very effectively the offensive line is very strong i guess we'll say for the the patriots and i think this is a game where they're going to try and dominate from that perspective the packers have a very strong defensive line when it comes to trying to stop the rush they have struggled to points this season but the patriots pushed them around last week they like they really weren't there so i think damian harrison we're gonna also the thing i, I like at the moment with stevenson as well is the work that he's getting through the air we're seeing him receive some more of those targets but they combined last week for over 30 rushing attempts combined and i think that's the formula the Patriots are going to lean on here we'll see if mac jones can suit up this week sean speaking of quarterbacks who won't be suiting up this week uh unfortunately for the miami dolphins to uh, uh is going to be out for we'll see how, how long that continues to last for but a lot of concern obviously around what has happened to him over the the last two weeks i think it's going to be the question that leads into this game for people is they face off against the jets we know the questions around the jets quarterbacks but i think we can still go ahead and start their pass catching options there for the explosiveness of this offense where we've seen tyree kill we've seen jill and waddle have those big plays there has to be a lot of concern over what that changes to with jimmy or with teddy bridgewater sorry in this offense what's your thoughts with the the dolphins pass catchers we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. In some ways, I think it would be a bigger shift if we were going to get a completely different type of quarterback two is going to be somebody who is trying to read anticipate throw early throw accurately doesn't have the big arm we have seen a lot of the benefits of the anticipation and accuracy so far especially when you put that together with the speed that they have a lot of quarterbacks are going to look pretty decent with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I think that we're going to get a similar type of thing with Bridgewater. Now, he's not going to have had the same amount of work, but he's not coming in cold. Uh, back a quarterback who doesn't have recent experience. He has the season with the Panthers where he played reasonably well, was able to support three fantasy-relevant wide receivers in that year. Disappoints last season with the Denver Broncos, but to have several recent campaigns in different offenses. Bridgewater is someone who can come in and bridge the gap. So I guess I'm not that worried, especially when you're playing a New York Jets team that gives up a lot of 
fantasy value in a variety of ways. And one of the ways that they do that is through the ground. I think that we're going to see a better balance of run pass this week. And when I say better balance, obviously we want to have teams throw all of the time. The best balance is just what the Bills and the Chiefs do, which is to throw the ball. But if you're going to have some running plays and they're unsuccessful, that does torpedo your offense. The number five matchup this week in the running game is the Jets. So obviously the Dolphins are the team that benefits from that. Possibly this is because I have so much Mostert exposure, but I thought it was a very positive sign that he has 72% of the snaps, 18 opportunities last week. He shows off the elite speed on a 24-yard run late in the game. You think back to Monday Night Football and that long touchdown from Jeff Wilson. This is the type of thing that Mostert was doing in that 49ers offense. It's what he's been brought to the Dolphins to do for their offense. The matchups haven't really been there. The opportunities haven't really been there through the first month. But with Chase Edmonds getting pushed somewhat to the side, at least in the running game, Mostert has a chance to put up a big, big week in week five. Colin, I just got goosebumps thinking about there. He's another player where if you want to make a little (laughs) bit of a contrarian play as you're building DFS lineups or you're looking to do FFPC's weekly contest, Mostert still with what's happened so far with the uncertainty with Edmonds there with all the turmoil that Dolphins are going through. I mean, I would be surprised if he's an extremely heavily rostered player, but the upside is there for a multi-touchdown game in this one. I love to hear the goosebumps, Sean, because, uh, you know, gets you excited heading into the the Dolphins and Jets here. And I think this could be a, a big game for a couple of the different running backs. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Brees Hall. Michael Carter is still being involved in that offense. And I, I do think that uh, Mostert is steady for a breakout. There, there's been a couple of times where he's almost broken that, you know, massive long touchdown run. He's got ankle tackled a few times, you know, shoestring tackles. But I think uh, there's going to be one of these weeks where, where he's well over 100 yards and you know one to two touchdowns. He's been unfortunate, and Edmonds has been kind of the lead back in those goal line situations as well. So if we get one or two of them falling the way of Mostert, he was somebody that we were drafting a lot of in the preseason. A couple of other interesting games, Sean, looking around, you know, we have the Rams-Cowboys, we have the Chiefs and Raiders, which will be a Monday night football, so we'll actually be back talking again before we get to that point. That should be a, a fun one. We're looking forward to those shootouts in that division, the Ravens and the Bengals on Sunday night football, Cardinals and the Eagles. The Eagles are a team that you just have to be excited about, and hopefully that's an offense that's going to go in there, put up points against the Cardinals and force the Cardinals to, to continue to put up those fantasy points. I haven't been overly excited with the Cardinals' production this year, but the other note on them and Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins was drafted in all leagues, but he is somebody who will be back in the mix very soon for them. We have the Saints against the Seahawks. Which other games are, are standing out for you? You talked, Sean, and some a, a defense actually that we won on waivers this week in one of our road of his overtime FFPC leagues is the 49ers who look really dominant against the Rams. So the Rams are going to try and get right against the Cowboys who have looked right in their or looked good in their own right as a defense. But the Panthers, who have struggled face the 49ers, that could be a little bit ugly there for the Panthers with the Titans and the Commanders could get a little bit ugly for the Commander side of things. But these are all games where they may look one-sided, but it is also in that comeback mode, that garbage time mode, where we could see a lot of fantasy points put up. The other note on that Commanders game is we have touched on a few times. I wonder, is uh, a bad game here from Carson Wentz pushing it closer to... uh, 
that quarterback change that we talked about earlier this week. But Sean, a lot of interesting games. What games do you want to touch on for the rest of week five? The Eagles Cardinals game should be a lot of fun. Goddard gets the fifth best tight end schedule. I think that he is ready to break out as teams have to deal with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. I think we'll get a bounce back from Smith this week after he was a little bit limited due to the rain. We expect Jalen Hurts to get back out there and do what he did in the first three weeks. Again, the rain games on Sunday were, were such a bummer and they skew a little bit. Sorry to interrupt, but you mentioned on Stealing Bananas this week, could we get all these teams to play in domes? I know people like to play outside, but this is a dome game and there's no excuses with the weather here. And that, that for me means that it's a Devontae Smith game because when the weather has been okay, he's been really good. And, and this is a game too then on the other side of it where you expect the Cardinals to chase Marquise Brown over the last three weeks has been very, very impressive. The Cardinals have competed and they have a lot of problems right now. Rondell Moore not incorporated in in his first week back in nearly the way his enthusiasts like us were hoping they have this odd split now where they're using the three running backs. Obviously, James Conner still the lead guy there, but haven't created as much value for him as they were doing last season. We're just two weeks away from getting DeAndre Hopkins back here. It's unfortunate that he can't be out there for this game. I think we're going to see a shootout. Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, this has got to be one of the most fun games of the weekend. A game on the other side of that spectrum. A game that should be one of the least fun games of the weekend. But as we look at the commander situation here, they have a positive matchup not an elite matchup but a positive matchup in the passing game against the titans you have jahan dotson out with the injury terry mclaurin now i mean this is his chance to show that he can be that alpha receiver right just like is always the case he's up in the top 10 in air yards even though he's only a 16 percent target share curtis samuel's involvement has limited his total target volume but he's still being used down the field at some point if the commentators are going to continue to rave about Wentz, if the coaches are going to continue to run him out there, he's got to connect on some of these plays to McLaurin, and McLaurin has to go up and make plays in the air on the ball. If you're going to have his target depth, you've got to be able to go make plays. All of these empty targets are short-circuiting the passing game. They don't really know what they want to do at the running back position. You're going to have more uncertainty there as Brian Robinson is worked back in over the coming weeks. This is a game where the commanders simply have to look better. You mentioned Sam Howell. I mean, he's probably going to be inactive again. If the commanders make a move in the short term, it might not even be to him. They may have to get completely and totally buried before they make that shift. But this is three consecutive weeks now where the commanders have been absolutely dead in the first half. They haven't been able to make that second half garbage time work out for them as well in the most recent two weeks. This offense looks like an absolute train wreck. The Titans humiliated the Indianapolis Colts last week, but then they themselves struggled after they got the big lead. Derek Henry looked very good early. Then that more or less evaporated. They have similar problems. 
their young star or potential star is going to be out. Traylon Burks hasn't done a ton yet, but partly that was because when they had a perfectly schemed play to get him the ball in the end zone, Ryan Tannehill missed the pass badly. Burks should have had a touchdown last week before he went out. They're going to be staring now at Robert Woods as the playmaker. This is an underpowered game, but two teams who have things to prove and guys who need to get it done this week if either team is going to move in the direction that they want from a full season perspective. Yeah, you mentioned underpowered. I still think that we we see the commander or the, the Titans come out on top. I have a, a question here for you. We have the, the Panthers 49ers, we have the Vikings Bears, we have the Bills Steelers, all games in which I think the, the favorite will easily dominate these games. Give us a, a surprise of the week. Who wins out of the, the Panthers, the Bears, or the Steelers in, in these contests? Are we all in on Pickett that he just he tears it up against the Bills and wins? Well, none of those teams are going to win, right? But the Bills-Steelers game should be fun. I mean, Kenny Pickett looks like a guy who can unlock those weapons. Now, the Bills have just been such a good defense. The the fact that they could easily be 2-2 two and two with possibly the best offense and the best defense in the NFL, I, I don't know. That game last week was frustrating. The officials definitely bailed out the Buffalo Bills. Baltimore Ravens, an excellent team. If you lose to the Ravens, that's not embarrassing. If you lose to Kenny Pickett and the Steelers, a little bit of a different situation there. But I can't wait to see the Steelers start to go up against teams now, even elite defenses. And one of the issues with picking up Pickett, he was someone – that we low-key targeted in a lot of our high-stakes leagues. We know that there are going to be potential roadblocks that he has to work through over the next month to eight weeks. But when you have Deontay Johnson, when you have George Pickens, who over the last two weeks has been the catalyst for what has worked right within their offense when things have worked right, when you have Pat Fryermuth, who now looks like he may be sort of the heir apparent to Travis Kelsey, and then Chase Claypool as sort of a niche deep threat complementary piece. That is a, a fun team to work with. And the rookie didn't show any concerns. Last week, it's going to be a different dynamic when you're facing the Bills as opposed to facing the New York Jets. But this team is going to go out and compete. The Steelers always do. Kenny Pickett, I, if he goes out and gets swarmed under and has a bad first month of his career, that'll be really disappointing at this juncture because he looks good and this team should be fun you want to see those fantasy weapons deployed i think that's what we're going to get so uh, his development over the short term maybe one of the best stories we have to look forward to in the nfl and uh one of the other games i think will be a lot of fun you mentioned there though that the bells and you know having the best defense and best offense the Baltimore Ravens are two and two, and I believe between the game against the Bills and the game against the Dolphins, I think they've been behind for less than a you know thirty seconds combined in both of those. They've been very unfortunate late in those contests, but uh, that should be a fun game, Bengals and the Ravens. But any final notes, Sean, on NFL Week Five as we get ready to close out another week on on Road of OT? Well, you mentioned that the Bengals Ravens should be a lot of fun. We're getting a 27% target share for Jamar Chase, but he's been outperformed by T. Higgins, who's down at 18%. Both of those guys are going to blow up as we go forward. Chase still has the profile of an alpha high-scoring wide receiver. This is a game that 
if the Bengals can resist the temptation to hand off to Joe Mixon, should be an absolute shootout. It should be a points bonanza, at least on the Bengals side. We'll see how their defense, which has been good, can they limit Lamar Jackson, who's been an MVP candidate through the first month? The question here that you have is that the Ravens offense dealing with some injuries, Justice Hill has the issue last week, Rashad Bateman, a little bit of foot soreness as we record today we don't know whether or not he's going to be available in week five if they don't have him then it gets pretty thin so this could be a 10 12 15 target game for mark andrews lamar jackson running for his life but also running for huge fantasy points the ravens even if they don't have some guys are not a team that will lie down those those ancillary receivers may not be viable starters for 31 teams in the NFL, but Lamar Jackson often can make them work. Devin Duvernay, sort of a circus catch after the ball bounces around. Last week, he's someone who has flashed both as a special teams player and then has made some big plays on low volume for this Ravens team. I just hope we get the shootout that everybody deserves that the Bengals look like the team that made the Super Bowl from the AFC. If we get a disappointing game in this one, that'll be great for Bills fans. It'll be great for Chiefs fans. But these teams need to demonstrate that they are at that level, that they're going to compete for the number one seed, that if they don't get that by, which they probably won't, then can they come through, win on the road in the playoffs? Can the Bengals get back and avenge the Super Bowl loss? This should be a statement game for Cincinnati. I'm really looking forward to what they do and whether or not they unlock all of those receivers. Yeah, and you know it's been a little bit tricky for them. We've talked a lot, you know, about Joe Mixon and how the the running game has been worked into the passing game with the Bengals, and I think they can need to continue to try and work those two things together, and you know, be able to open things up then. Not just solely through getting Joe Mixon running the ball, but I think like you know Joe Burrow under center for play action and things like that will will continue to do that. They've had a little bit more success when they've done that versus when they've just had Burrow out of shotgun, and we've seen a little bit of an increase over the last couple of weeks and and how they have started to try and work that offense. But we'll see how it goes, Sean. I I think if uh, if Bateman goes in this one, I think the the Ravens probably take this this game. But what I am hoping, like you, is that we see both teams go toe-to-toe and that it's not a case that it's uh i know we've seen a couple of these games over the last couple of weeks where the weather has dictated and you mentioned it already on this show i hope this is a game just where we see both offenses really start to uh, put up those points and and see who comes out on top and this is going to be a tough division both of these teams will be competing twice this year obviously this is the first time and they're both at two and two so a massive game you mentioned a statement game for the Bengals. it's going to be a statement game for one of them whoever comes out on top but that's going to do it for the preview show here on the third show of road of his ot of the week if you haven't heard the last two you can head back and check them out on the road of his overtime podcast feed as i did mention at the start of the show we will be having the recap show to nfl week five it will be slightly later than it has been in recent weeks it'll be afternoon on monday when that show drops make sure you are subscribed to get that immediately once it is available my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel and of course, along with Road of His Overtime, there is three shows this week for Stealing Bananas, so you can check those out as well if you're looking for more content with Sean along with Ben Gretsch. Until we are back with the recap show on Monday, have a good one. 
Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.